But our first guest today comes off a very, very impressive ratings month of January. Always does well on the ratings. Always, because he's a great host. The other side of midnight overnights here on WABC, the very talented Frank Morano. Frank, congratulations. And 11, that is a huge, huge number. Way to go. Uh well, thank you, Sid. I appreciate that. Congratulations right, right back at you. Well, 11 is uh, nice, and I'm very proud of that and grateful to the listeners. Uh, to do over a seven and a half in mornings in New York uh, is unprecedented. I mean, I think the last time that uh, WABC had those kind of numbers in the mornings, uh, Herb Oscar Anderson or Harry Harrison was doing mornings on WABC. I mean, it's really an extraordinary achievement. So congratulations to you. I'm uh, thrilled to be on the same team with you. Sincerely, I don't want to sound patronizing. No, me too. Me too. And plus, you're a terrific guy. So thank you for all that, Frank. I do want to well, get... You're, you're not such a terrific guy but no that i'm not you're right i mean i've already in the first 45 minutes today uh savage greg kelly uh who else uh scott shannon he's a dope and uh that poor guy in the helicopter in new jersey yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. and it's only 45 minutes old this show today but the good news is frank only good things about you now i can't say the same about kirsten gillibrand she's one of my least favorite politicians not just in new york but anywhere in the country And she's got a big race coming up next year. Nobody knows the local races more than Frank Morano. Tell me about Gillibrand's race specifically. Well, look, I think this is going to be a race that is going to be much more competitive than it was five years ago. Gillibrand, to your point, she has been an absolute zero. I mean, progressive seer for what she is, conservative seer for what she is, which is she's someone that believes in nothing. She's a Schumer sock puppet and a total political opportunist. We know when she was in Congress, she was uh, one of the most conservative members of the New York delegation. And I don't just mean Democrats. She was a rabid gun rights enthusiast. She was conservative on issue after issue. And then the day that Chuck Schumer engineered her appointment to the U.S. Senate, she switched her position on everything and she hasn't really been a leader on any issue. I guess maybe you could say early on she was a leader on uh, military sexual assault and uh, she did play a role to her credit in the Zadroga Act. But I kind of think any uh, senator from New York would have done that but uh, she has been nowhere so now she faces the possibility of a challenge from the left from an AOC style challenger and look if you look at AOC's ability to raise money if you look at her profile among Democratic primary voters I'd be very worried if I were Gillibrand and uh, I think uh, that the Republicans they're talking about maybe running Lee Zeldin there but if it's not Lee Zeldin I could see your occasional uh, co-host Andrew Giuliani maybe uh, making a viable run for that. I think Zeldin's run last year for governor shows that New York is much more competitive in a general election than uh, than we've been led to believe in recent years. So I also wouldn't be shocked it, to see a more moderate challenger to Gillibrand that has some name recognition, maybe even someone like a Governor Patterson. Lee Zeldin appointed her. Yeah, that's a great one. Lee Zeldin, by the way, will join us coming up this Tuesday at 7.05 a.m., the same hour as Bo Deedle. And I'll ask him that question. Now, everybody who knows you, uh, Frank, they know, of course, that one of the places you really enjoy is Atlantic City uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's fun. You're a degenerate gambler, clearly. And I'm saying that, which means a lot. That's true. Uh, (laughs) But there is a story. 
that they're considering banning smoking in New Jersey casinos. I know you don't smoke, but people love to smoke while they're gambling. How can they do that? Well, it's actually more than just a consideration. It looks like they're actually holding legislative hearings, and it's uh, the first hearing was Monday after years of inaction, and it looks like they are moving towards closing the 17-year loophole that's allowed casinos to have smoking. And uh, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I do enjoy smoking cigars, especially when I'm playing baccarat or craps or uh, you know or blackjack or something. So I uh, I would be kind of affected by this and look my heart goes out to the dealers that have to breathe in all this secondhand yeah, smoke yeah. but um, and, 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 the, people, and the other players by the way if i'm sitting there playing blackjack with six other people i don't want to be sucking in your marlboro reds i hate that right <laughs> I mean, come on well, i mean that's why the casino floor at least in atlantic city it's only 25 percent of it that's allowed to have smoking but to your point i i still i get what you're i get what you're saying and i think this has to do with the fact that steve sweeney was defeated last year he was really a champion of South Jersey in the casino industry. And the fact that he's no longer the Senate president, I think it means smoking is uh, soon to be a thing of the past Good. in Atlantic City casinos, which uh, people never even imagined 15 years ago. I want to talk New York casinos, too. This is Frank Morano, ratings monster, other side of midnight. Uh, Frank, New York, uh, Steve Cohen, owner of the Mets. His name has been tied to a possible casino, Jay-Z. Even uh, your guy, Vito Pocella, the Staten Island Borough president, has said, hey, forget about that big wheel down by Katsimatidi's ballpark. Let's put a casino. Now, as far as I know, three or four new casinos will pop up uh, eventually, if not sooner than later, here in New York. What is the latest with the New York casinos? Well, the, you know, they're talking about maybe Coney Island. They're talking about maybe Times Square. They're talking about Queens. I think Staten Island is is a long shot, uh, to be honest. But to me, um, your friend, Mayor Eric Adams, who, you know, I've hung out with once or twice, and I find him to be delightful company as well. What he said yesterday just defies any sort of credibility to me in that his closest advisor, his chief of staff for a year, Frank Carone, just joined the bid along with Caesars to yeah. bring a casino to Times Square. And Eric Adams said, oh, I'm not really following yeah. what's no, going no, on. That, no, no, but listen, uh, just so you know, you, you always say my friend uh, Eric Adams. You can also add my friend to both. Frank and his brother, Anthony Carone, gotten very close with both of those guys, especially Anthony, who lives just blocks away from me in uh, Bell Harbor. So so, uh, so Eric really doesn't know. Yeah. So I, now, I, I, now, if that's true, that he has not been following this closely, well, this is one of the most important development projects in the history of New York City. The yeah. mayor should be following this closely. He is worried. He's, he he's is. trying to stop crime, damn it. Stop worried about casinos right now. He's trying to fix the city, Frank. I guarantee you he's following this much more closely <laughs> than he let on yesterday. Maybe. I, I was, it was like he was answering a question about gambling in Casablanca yesterday. <laughs> casinos? What? They're coming here? I don't know anything about uh, God, Frank Marone? Frank who? Yeah. I tell you, Todd Shapiro should put a casino next to his new bar up in Albany, and Adams loves it up there, too. They could do the whole thing right there in Albany. Why not? More I money for Kathy Hochul. I saw that uh, incredible article in uh, Politico, New York, about yeah, me too. Uh, the war room, and uh, <laughs> I, I got to make a trip up there. If uh, if not for the karaoke, then certainly for the sushi. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, one of the things I enjoy, too, about your program, Frank, is not only are you very keen on the politics and the casinos and sports, is you're a big entertainment guy like I am. Now, I have not gone to see a lot of movies as of late, except for mine, Gemini Lounge. But I know the Oscar yeah, contenders. Congratulations on that as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. The Oscar contenders are out there. You do see these movies. Who do you like in the Oscars? Yeah, this year I've seen fewer movies than I have in any other previous year because uh, most of my waking hours are spent chasing after a 14-month-old. But (laughs) I'll tell you, from an entertainment perspective, the movie that I have enjoyed the most was uh, Top Gun Maverick. I thought this was a masterfully made movie. They're actually Uh, saying saying that much like baseball years ago, Frank, when they give credit to Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa for quote-unquote saving baseball – they're actually saying the movie you just mentioned, Maverick Top Gun 2, saved the movie industry. How about that? Well, Steve, Steven Spielberg told Tom Cruise that very thing. And, um, you know, they keep wondering why the, not, the ratings, the TV ratings for the Oscars are going down each and every year to new and new lows. They tried different things. No hosts. Five hosts, uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award, no Lifetime Achievement Award. They've tried everything. Maybe actually give some awards to the people, to the movies that people have seen and not Moonlight, which nobody had seen, or all these movies that are very niche and very art house movies. I think it would be a nice thing to make the award ceremony uh, honoring a film that people really seem to enjoy. So uh, I think uh, Top Gun's been by far the most entertaining film I've seen so far. I still haven't seen Barcelona or Everything Everywhere All at Once. Both of those uh, I've heard people really like. But um, I, I saw The Fablemans, the uh, the Steven Spielberg film this week. It was a little a little long, but it was enjoyable for what it was. All right. On the way out here, yesterday was Ash Wednesday. I did not get ashes this year, Lou, just so you know. But uh, I know this begins Lent, and uh, you guys are supposed to give up something, I guess, from now until Easter that you ordinarily would enjoy as part of the whole sacrifice. So, for example, Lou, during Lent, is giving up pornography. What? Uh, ah. what, what? Is that not true? I'm sorry, Lou. I thought you told me that. Is that not true? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so what would you be giving up this year for Lent? Frank Morano. I, I have given up, and I have been free for the last uh, eight hours or so of alcohol. I am alcohol-free for the next four Oh, no, days. you can't. Bro, you're going to go uh, into, like, like convulsions. You're going to start to get the DTs tonight DTs. on the air. You can't just give up I, alcohol. I, you're an addict. Between, between Lou abstaining from uh, pornography, you abstaining from drugs, and me laying off the booze, the three of us, we're like Jesus Christ divided by three. What about the cigars? Yeah, but only one of these no, things is I'm, true. I'm not giving those up yet. Yo, no yeah. cigars yet. Well, listen, happy holidays to you and uh, continued success. Your your show is great. You're great. The ratings prove it time and time again. And uh, keep coming by this show because we love having you, Frank. Thank you so much. Uh, honored to be here, Sid. Congratulations again on the ratings. And I love you. I love you, too. There you go. You see that? He actually said it without any provocation. How many times have I said at the end of a great conversation with Frank Rano, I love you. And then you hear a dial tone. <laughs> <laughs> 